in this, we're going through Romans, and we're still in chapter 1. We haven't gotten too terribly far in this, but uh, Paul actually starts getting into the letter now, and we're looking at revival through Romans. And, and in fact, some of you have asked, well, how can I pray for you? How can I pray for you? And I have to say, pray that I get revival. And it's cool what God is doing uh, in my life right now in bringing me revival and uh, making faith even more real to me and, and all of these things. But so in this, uh, we're looking for revival through Romans. So many great men and women of God through the centuries have found revival in the book of Romans. And there's verses we're going to be hitting that, man, you've, you've heard them, you've quoted them, you've heard them misquoted. In fact, I like what John MacArthur says. He says, half of Christianity are, is scripture taken out of context right now. That's it. You know, most of what people believe about Christianity is scripture taken out of context. So it's important we take it in context. And there's some deep, deep things in the book of Romans. And so today we're looking at uh, the idea of uh, Paul saying, hey, man, I want to come see you guys. Here's what I'm doing now. Here's what's going on. But the idea is to make an Im not just make an impression, but make an impact. So let me ask you a question. Some of y'all are pretty young. How many of y'all grew up with shag carpeting? Anybody remember shag carpeting? Julia, you probably want to put, put it back in your house and bring it back. It was orange. Yeah, I remember the rich kids, the, the engineers from Martin Marietta, when they came and they had brand new shag carpet, green, orange, brown, yeah. Ricky Struby had orange, man, like that. And uh, yeah, so in the shag carpeting, what y'all like doing in the shag carpeting? First of all, who had shag carpeting? Let me see. Who still has shag carpeting? Only me? No, I'm just joking. No, it's uh, uh, we. Uh, but in the in the shag carpet, what was a fun thing to do in the shag carpeting, y'all? Yeah, yeah, dude, you could make impressions. In, in, you know how now they have the pillows with the sequins where you can do stuff. Dude, we had whole rooms like that. You could lay down and make you know snow air. You could put your your foot down. You could drag stuff. You could draw people's names in it. You could draw other things in it if you wanted to. If you were unscrupulous, but anyways, on the shag carpeting, you could do that. But what eventually happened to whatever it was that you put in the shag carpeting? What happened to it? It eventually just, the, the fibers came back, you know, it's where they were introducing all this synthetic stuff into our life. That's why we have cancer now. And, uh, but anyways, uh, it, it all would come back to life and the shag carpeting would go back and it would act like you never did anything. That was an impression. We made an impression. But now, later in my life, I learned, I, uh, when I was in college or even right out of high school, I did a lot of concrete work. Anybody here do concrete work ever? Okay, I did concrete work. I, I worked out at Disney and Epcot and worked with my brother uh, doing driveways. And I'll never forget the very first driveway. I missed my high school graduation practice because, dude, I would rather make this much money doing a concrete driveway. And I'll never forget my brother said, you need to go get an education because you don't want to be doing this when you're 50, 60 years old. And I, I'm glad now because I probably wouldn't be able to unless I was in charge now. But um, in that, I'll never forget Miss Worsham. Man, it was her driveway. We had spent all this time meticulously grading it out, putting the forms out, laying all the, you know, the, the uh, hog wire, for lack of a, the wire mesh, the hog wire. Yeah, because in pools, we, we dug in still, we, we tied our own mesh in that. But laying it all out, getting everything perfect. The truck came in, it dumped the concrete, and I, I had the street, man, the, I mean, the, the come along, and I'm pulling it through, and then we screeded it down, and man, took the little edger tools and floated it. It was perfect. A 
until what happened? A neighborhood dog, man, came running slap dab across it. And you know what? If you went to Miss Worsham's house to this day, she don't live there anymore. I don't even know who lives there, but you would see still some paw prints that were there. We were not able to get them all out because it had already flowed, it already hardened enough. Those paw prints are there to this day. That's making an impact. Laying footprints in the shag carpet, that's an impression. And, and so often in life, we're, we're, we're okay making an impression. I just want to get out of this situation. I'm just going to make an impression. You know, as long as I leave impressions here. Impress but man, God has called us as believers to make an impact. Like those dogs paws, man, they should be there for eternity. If that's our goal, if that's how we see our job, if that's what we see God wants us to do with our faith, our faith should be making an impact in people's lives after it makes an impact in our own life. That's why God's left us here. So don't sell yourself short and simply just make an impression in things. So that's what we're going to kind of see in the Apostle Paul. As I was going through all of this, I've been studying it for a long time. As I was going through it, man, last time I'm like, all right, God, so you got to give me this outline. Here's kind of what, this is what you've been showing me. And here's the first part that God showed me. Here, we're going deep today, bro. But this is something deep that you're going to remember. Y'all got some big feet, man. You ever say that about Marley? Y'all got some big feet. How about Tiny, man? You got some big feet? You ever say that? Uh, and and Skylar and them boys. Uh, how about Ben, man? Y'all are tall. Y'all got some big feet. I have big feet for the size of my body, but man, y'all got some big feet. If you got big feet, what is a big foot going to leave behind? A big what? An impression, a, a, a footprint. A big foot's going to leave a big footprint. So if God gave you big feet, what's he want you to do with it? Leave some big footprints. And so if you'll even substitute in this as you read it and as you look at it, feet is equivalent to faith. God has given us some big faith. And with our faith, man, like a big foot, he wants us to make a big footprint with that faith. And he wants us to make an impact, Chuck. Man, it's like, can we just steal your logo, bro? Can we just have the logo? We'll steal it and we'll just give everybody impact stickers, right? And everything. Yeah, he wants us to make an impact. How come you didn't make your surfboard company back when you and your brother were figuring it out? How come you didn't just make it impression? Impression surfboards. Because <laughs> you wanted to do what? Can you imagine riding impression surfboards? How about that back there? Impression surfboards. That doesn't have the same feel, does it? You wanted to make a what? An impact. And so again, God's given us humongous faith so we can leave a humongous faith print, if you will, in wherever it is that we walk. We're not supposed to be tiptoeing around with our faith. We're not supposed to be kind of just in our own little holy huddle worship. And dude, we've got some, man, you know what? There was a dude, wasn't there a guy recently that had a big like footprint that he made and he put it on the he put it on a pole and he would make these big dinosaur prints on the beach. You know? That's what we're supposed to be doing, making these big Christ prints everywhere we go. That's the impact God wants us to have. And that's what Paul is going to teach us through the book of Romans. So first of all, y'all got some big feet. And Paul says, I'm grateful you all got big feet. Some of y'all want to bind them up like the little oriental girls, man. You want to stunt your growth so nobody knows you have it. When I was a youth pastor, I used to watch people try to do that. And, and, and then I would, I would even watch adults go do that in certain circles. I went and did a Bible study one time at Disney. I was invited with, in the back 
where the engineers were to go do a Bible study. And it was, they were all huddling there. I said, let's go outside. Let's go under this tree. It's a beautiful day. And they're like, no, somebody might see us. I'm like, dude, let's go outside, <laughs> right? So people can see us. We're, he gave us big faith, and we're supposed to leave big faith prints with those big feet. We have a big footprint. Check this out, all right? And this is especially relevant for us here. So Paul, when he, after he says, hey, I'm Paul, I wrote this, I'm an apostle, I was sent out, you know, everything we've been talking about, it, the, you know, the gospel's always been Christ, and Christ is human, Christ is God, and, and it's all about God's good news, and we've talked all about that. So he gets ready to, write, to start writing this letter, he says, first, I want you all to know, I thank my God, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, look at this, because your faith is proclaimed where? In all the world. Where were these folks at? Okay, I'll give you a hint. The book's called Romans. Where were they at? Rome. And here's how I told you a little bit last week um, about how Romans, he was writing the book of Romans. He was up in, um, I think he was up in Corinth, and he had a game plan. He's like, man, I want to go to Rome. I want to go to Rome. I, I got to I gotta take this, this, this offering that is for the poor people in Jerusalem, the poor saints there. So I'm going to leave Corinth. I'm going to go to Jerusalem. And then I want to go to Rome, and then I want to go to Spain. He had a travel plan. Ashley, do you have any travel plans? Yeah, all week, a couple weeks, you've been, you know, you're the, the tour goddess, you know, the travel plan, bam, 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 right there. That was Paul's, but Paul said, you know what? This is my plan, but I'm not going anywhere until who tells me where to go? Yeah, and that's what we're going to kind of see in here. So he's, he's there. This is my plan. I'm in Corinth. I'm collecting money so I can bring it down to Jerusalem to the poor persecuted saints there. Then I'm going to come and see you guys in Rome. I want to see you guys in Rome. And then I'm going to go on to Spain. And I got mission work to do all over. These are my plans. But my plans are superseded by whose plans? God's plans. That's how you make an impact and not just leave an impression. Your plans are God. Who, who planned for your wheel to fall off last week? Did you plan it, Chuck? All right. So they had a, a little donut on their tire, right, on, on your car. A little donut. All right. It was a good donut, but it was a little donut. And you're like, you know, that might not be safe for all of us to go to church in that car. Hey, so let's, we can't take the van because Maverick needs a seat. Let's take the old Bronco, right? That's surely safer. And logically it was until the wheel fell off. Uh, Chuck, Chuck, you didn't plan that, right? It was planned by who? By God. So when things happen in our life, we see that it's by God's design. And it's for us to leave a big footprint of faith behind in this. Here's what faith is. Faith is, 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 is if you could see it, if, it, if you could discern it through circumstances and situations, and, and, and then it wouldn't be faith because you can take the resource into faith is what we can't see. All right, here's, here's the world. Remember we talked last week about the glasses? I can see below the surface with these glasses because they're polarized. But if you don't have these glasses on, you're looking like, well, what shell? What dolphin? What, what manatee? What, what, you know, but you put these glasses on, now you see things other people can't see. That's what we have for, with faith. We see things other people can't see if we're looking through those glasses. Now, all you have to do to see what everybody else can see in this world is walk through it. Oh, well, here's a situation, here's a situation, here's, oh, you know what, I'm going to take all these circumstances, all these situations, and God must want me to go do this. Well, maybe, but maybe he wants you to do something so different than that. 
Faith is having a mountain of evidence standing before you. A mountain of circumstances. We can't get married because of this. Well, we can't do this because of that. We can't, I can't quit this because of that. You know what, there's a, but God's been telling you to do something. And there's a mountain of evidence right in front of you. And God says, walk into that mountain. I can't, there's obstacles. I can't, God, I see. God says, just walk. And you have to believe through faith what you cannot see. You have to believe what God has said. How many of y'all believe God has saved you with his blood? And how long you saved for, Brandon? Does it ever change? No, because that blood is valuable to God. It's the most valuable thing there is. And God's never going to change his mind. That blood saves you. But on the cross, he says, you are crucified with him. Your old man that wanted to do drugs, your old man that wanted to do the wrong thing, your old man that wanted to sin, your old man. How many of y'all got an old man that wants to do some messed up junk? Any of y'all? He's dead. That's what scripture says. He's dead. But what does your life say? Does your life say he's very much alive, Ian, sometimes? (laughs) I'm just picking on you. Does your life ever say, well, dude, here's some wrong things kind of rumbling around inside me and Man, you know, that feels very alive to me right now. God says he's dead. Do you all know that in scripture? God says your old man is dead. The old man that sins, he's dead. He was crucified on the cross with Christ. But how many of y'all have felt something this week to testify from your experience that that old man that wants to sin is very much alive? Anybody? That's a lie. No, I'm not saying you're lying. I'm saying that's a lie. That old man is dead. You know what it is? You're living this way instead of this way. God says he's dead. If God said he's dead, what is he? Is there any question of that? God said he's dead. He's dead. As sure as the blood covers your sins, your old man, your old Adam, the one, the sin nature you inherited from Adam is crucified on the cross. It's crucified. It's dead. Who said that? God. Y'all believe God. Do you believe him in spite of the way you feel? Sometimes we do. That's why faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's why we got to encourage each other to see life from God's perspective because it doesn't feel that way. Even on the way here today, that old man who's dead was trying to rear his ugly head. I got one more week till those yahoos change the speed limit to 25. Oh, because it's a residential road. So was Edwards Road, man. <laughs> so was Foresta, so were all of them. But I'm going, and I'm like, please just let me put my cruise control at 40 one more time, which is on mine, 37 and a half. And I'm going, and what do I get? I get a 32 mile an hour right in front of me. And you know what they did when they came up to the turnaround? They went all the way up to turn around, and then they went back. They were on a Sunday joyride. Can you imagine? <laughs> Inside, I'm like, faith, it's a sin to speed. Is it a sin to speed? Oh, is it a sin to speed? Yes, it is. <laughs> and the old man's like, just do it. Just do it. You've done it before on the way to church, and I still let you preach a good message. Dude, like, no, I can't. God, just make them go faster. I tried helping them by getting right on their bumper, but that didn't work. No, I, I, I heard my wife's voice then. They're not going to go any faster if you ride their butt. I'm like, okay, all right. And she doesn't say it in that late. That, I just kind of made my own wife voice there. That's what I hear. It's kind of like Charlie Brown's teacher, you know, sometimes. But 
Dude, the old man, he was real. He was raising his ugly head. Pass, pass, pass. Look, you got a strip where you can pass him now. But God, there's a double line right there. There's a double line. I didn't gotta. It used to be another line. And, and I, I think you would have okayed me speed enough to get pie on just to get back. But God, there's a double line, man. I, and it's like God's like, I'm not asking you to pass him. That's your old man. And your old man is dead. Can a dead man make you do anything? Can a dead man make you do anything? But can a dead man bark out those orders? Yeah. And so if you're going to sin, it's because you choose to. It's because I choose to. The dead man is dead. I don't have to sin. But I choose to, just like you. It's awful hard to say this dead man is dead when I feel him and he's really, he's kicking in my life some days. But you know how I know he's dead? Because who said he's dead? He didn't say he's going to die and all that. He said he's dead at crucifixion. He's dead. So in spite of my feelings, in spite of my temptations, in spite of my circumstance, God, you know I'm going to be late for church. He's like, yeah, what's new, man? It's like, oh. In spite of all of that, that's why y'all look, y'all came pulling in. You're like, oh, there's a pastor. We're not late. <laughs> it was like, I make y'all, sometimes I make y'all happy. All right, we're not late. But literally, seriously, how many of y'all felt the old man before? The old man, the old woman, the sinner that you were before you came to Christ. How many of you felt him kicking in your life? That's the reality of this world right here. But we don't walk by feelings, we walk by what? And we're going to see that next week. We walk by faith. And what does God say he is? Rena, what does God say the old man is? He's dead. Can the dead man make you do anything? No. But we still live in this fallen world with this flesh body. John MacArthur one time, long, long, long time ago, he talked about how, as I shared this before, how we're, we come in this world as a pig. And you're like, well, I like pigs. Well, you know, it, Come in this world as a pig, and you want to roll around in the mud and the muck and the mire with all the parasites and all the, the disease, you know, and mull around all that. And one day you get sick of it because God gives you a desire to do something different. God says, That's, I got better plans for you. And you give your life to him. The inside, outside pig, you give to him. And all of a sudden, he gives you a brand new nature inside. The new man. That new nature is the nature of a cat. <laughs> You got a new nature. Have you ever seen cats wallowing in the, in the mud, Ian, on purpose? I didn't say you threw them in. All right. Why are you laughing like that? You, <laughs> you imagine it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Seriously, have you ever seen a cat wallowing around in the mud? No, it's not their nature. In fact, if a cat gets in the mud, what's it going to do? Oh, I got my toe in the mud. Oh, you know, it, it can't handle it. But still, so we're a cat now but we have a pig body and every once in a while we're like dang man this body's getting hot i want to go roll around in this mud right here and it should literally gross us out at some point because that's not the nature we have anymore one day we're going to lose that pig body and we'll have nothing but the new nature and uh, we will be in heaven where it's perfect and we're only able to do what god wants to do but right now we have to live by what's the f word again 
We have to live by what? Faith. And faith says, I don't care what you're feeling right now. Faith says, I don't care what the circumstances say right now. Faith says, it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. It doesn't matter what, 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 what looks like to be a sure thing. It doesn't matter. Faith says, all that matters is you hear what I tell you and you do it. I mean, and how hard is that? I mean, you got it, right? And you should have sat up front so I could just pick on you, bro. But man, so when you die and you're laying right there, what are you counting on happening when you're dead? What are you counting on? What's that? Yeah, you're counting on God. Are you going to have any part of that? Okay, God, I'm going to help you out here. I'm dead, but I'm going to help you get me to heaven right now. now. Is there anything you can do? Not a thing. You're counting on God to do it all. But some, and we have faith. How many of y'all have faith to know that when you die, he's taking your soul. He's taking you to heaven. You believe that, Roger? Right. Then why do we have such a hard time believing that he wants to take care of it all right now? The old man and faith is saying, no, you have no power over me. You have nothing on me. Faith says, in spite of everything I feel, everything I see, everything that everybody's telling me, I'm doing what you tell me to do. And guess what? When you do that and you exercise that faith, what works? What happens? Who wins? God. God's not going to leave you hanging. In fact, the only thing God ever ever uh, praises humans for is faith. That's the only thing he ever praises. Jesus on, on earth, all he ever praised people for was faith. That was it. And faith is seeing things that you see it from God's perspective and you throw away everything else. So it says, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because you're what? That's what's proclaimed through the world. What was even happening at Rome at that time? They were starting to get persecuted. In fact, at this point, when he's getting ready to write it, all of the Jews were actually kicked out, whether you were a saved Jew or a non-saved Jew, they got kicked out of Rome because, because all they heard was, you know, the two Jews, saved and un-Jews, just kind of fighting over, well, this guy Christ, no, there's this, no, no Christ is the way, no, they said, get out of here, all you Jews, get out of Rome. And it was Gentiles now who just got saved or kind of running the church right here at this point. And, and, and people are starting to get sick of Christianity because with Christianity, unlike any other any other religion, you don't make an impression. You make a what? Yeah, you're making an impact in the community. You're making an impact in the businesses. You can go read the book of Acts about that. What happened, to, what happened to the people who were making idols and all these religious statues when they got saved? You know, they got in trouble. They, I'm just saying life's changed. It makes an impact. And in Rome, which was the most metropolitan, most traveled city in the world, man, the people were getting saved, and now things were changing, and Christians were starting to get persecuted. It wasn't easy to live out your faith. Do you think when you're being persecuted, your old man has a desire to say, oh, I feel this way, or oh, I'm feeling that way, or hey, you know, this just isn't smart for me to listen and do what God, I think God wants me to do right now, because, because you know what, uh, it would be much easier to do it this way. Do you think during persecution, it's hard to lit, hard to shut the old man down? Yeah. And that's what he says, man, you know what's awesome? You guys are shutting the old man down. 
That's what he says, man. Look at he says, I thank my God. So he's not thanking them. Oh, thank you for being faithful, Dean. You know, no, I, the only reason you're faithful is because who's working in you? Yeah, if you guys, you guys know Dean very well. Y'all know Dean. Dean. Dean's like with Liberty University, brings guys all the time, guys and girls. And they're part of a aviation repair kind of thing for missionary work, whatever. Some, but anyways, they're there and they know they have something to do with the stuff that flies, right? And they fix it and all of that. And they get to come out paddleboard and they come to church, all that. Dean, y'all know Dean, right? You've seen him at his best. You've seen him at his worst. How many of you? You've seen him at his worst. Look at you smile. This dude here, his face is telling it all, man. Y'all probably talked about him too when he... So if Dean does something really godly and awesome, who must that be? Who must that be? Is it Dean? Whoa, look at Dean pulled that one out of his hat. No, it's like, man, no, it's God. Whoa, that's God. And look, it's again another day. That's God. Oh, my goodness, again, that's God. Who gets the glory, Dean? You. That's why Paul even said, Man, I'm putting this treasure in earthen vessels in another, in another passage of Scripture, in one of the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 4-7, I want to say. I'm putting this treasure in earthen vessels. You guys are nothing but an earthen vessel. What is an earthen? What is earthen? What's another word for earthen? Dirt. Dirt. Okay, so he says, I'm putting a treasure in earthen vessels. So he put a treasure in dirt, your dirt, Kurt. Dirt. Oh, that rhymes, man. Kurt is dirt. All right, I didn't even do that. And, and, and so he, you're, you're an earthen vessel. It's not about, I know your wife's looking and go, oh, no, but man, he's a really hot earthen vessel, man. Look at him. I'm a, you know, he's a good-looking earthen vessel. And how many of y'all tried to be a good-looking earthen vessel today? How many of y'all did the best you could with what you had? You know what I'm saying? But you're dirt. You're baked dirt. That's all you are is baked dirt. That's what I am. Why would he make us baked dirt? Couldn't he make us a little prettier? Julia, couldn't he make this baked dirt just a little? I mean, couldn't he do, couldn't God do anything? Where everybody would be looking like, oh, I'm impressed with that. He said, I put a treasure in, a, in baked dirt. Why? So would, what would people see? The treasure of the baked dirt, Kurt? Would they see the treasure or the baked dirt? Look at Dean, man. He's got treasure in him. You look at that dude. He's got treasure. It's like, they ain't looking at the baked dirt. I'm just saying. Not because it's Dean. I'm talking about any of us. No matter how we dress up the baked dirt, we're baked dirt, but we've got a treasure inside. That's what the world needs to see, but they only see it through our faith. Anybody can act according to the circumstances and the situations and the feelings they do all the time, including in Christianity. Oh, well, I feel this way. Well, you need to get some faith. I'm sorry if that's insensitive, but you need some faith. If your feelings are causing you to do things that are not scriptural, you need faith. You got to change those feelings. We don't live by feelings. We live by what? Faith. And faith is saying, my feelings, these are my dead man. He's dead. I'm not going to listen to him. He's not going to make me do anything ever again. I'm not doing it. Guess what? We do it again, right? But then what do we do the next time it comes up, Tom? I'm not doing it. I don't have to do it. And eventually, you start growing your faith in realizing you don't have to listen to the old man because he's dead. Even though he's got some pretty convincing arguments. That's faith. That's what we're learning. So Paul says, man, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you in Rome. Never met you guys, but I'm thanking God for you. I'm not thanking you. 
I'm thanking God for you, Dean, because if anything good comes out of you, bro, who, who is it? It's God. Kathy, oh my goodness, anything good comes out of you, who is it? Yeah. <laughs> and I just knew you would respond that way because you know that. Some of y'all are like, well, wait a minute. I've got some good in me. Hold on. What are you saying? You're hurting my self-esteem. Good. <laughs> good. Because for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. This world's the one trying to fill us with all this humanly junk to be satisfied and to be nurtured by our old man that is dead. He's <laughs> dead. <laughs> we got to live by faith. Anything you see good in me, man, it's who, Kathy? It's God, because I ain't nothing but baked dirt, man. Baked dirt. I don't care how pretty y'all dress that baked dirt up. You know, I, 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 it don't matter. You're baked dirt, but you got a treasure inside, and that's what the world needs to see. That's why you're here. I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because you're what again? Help me out. You're what? Your faith. Listening to God over the world. Listening to God over your feelings. Listening to God over your circumstances. Listening to God. Because your faith is proclaimed. Does, does it have to be proclaimed verbally? No, in fact, you know what? Again, I think there's a time to proclaim our faith verbally. Obviously, we share the gospel with people. But in order for it to be credible, where they got to see it first, y'all? Russ, where do they got to see it? They got to see it in our life. Before they, you know, there was a, a, I think it was an old Indian, oh, I'm sorry, Native American saying or whatever. I don't know where that is. Solomon even said, if it's true, it's not new. If it's new, it's not true. So it probably didn't even start with them. But it, it said this, Chuck, you'll like this. I, I can't hear what you're saying. Your actions are so loud. <laughs> I can't hear what you're saying. Your actions are so loud. The other actions speak louder than words. How you act, how you're consistent, what you do. And we are. Paul even said in Romans, you'll see it later. Oh, I did what I didn't want to do. Any of y'all done that? Did anybody face Paul? Give a high five to your face this week because a reverse high five. Oh, I didn't. I did it again. Or I didn't do it. So do we give up? No. We realize I don't have to listen to this dead man again. And who wants to drag a dead man around? Anybody? You know what? You know what was one of the Roman punishments for murder, y'all? You know what they did? The person who was dead, who you murdered or got accused of murdering, you know what they do? They'd get you like this, and they would tie you face to face with the person who was murder, who you got accused of murdering. You imagine that, Chuck? You have a dead man face to face with you and you're tied to him on the arms, the legs, the torso. You now have to walk around with this dead man. Would that be cool? No, that wouldn't be cool, would it? You think twice about murder, but, but again, what would be some of the problems that you could imagine in your life besides trying to buy clothes, all right? I'm just saying. Well, what are some of, if you were permanently tied to another dead corpse face to face, what are some problems? Picking up girls, right? That'd be one, right? Yeah, I'm just saying. What, what, what would be other problems you'd have? It's whole, do you think it would hold you back? Yeah, because it's dead weight. It's dead weight. It was holding you. You can't be as agile. You can't be as flexible. You can't, you can't move correctly. It's going to get in your way. Your dead man gets in your way. What other problems you, could you see? Have a dead man tied to y'all. 
Julie, could you see any problems with having a dead man tied to you face to face? You can have a dead woman if you want. It's all, if that would be more modest. Yeah. It would smell. Yeah, it would smell. And therefore, hey, she was being kind. JT, she said, it would smell. So if it smells and it's tied to you, what, what's, what's also true? You smell. <laughs> That's it. You smell. Exactly. The dead man makes us smell spiritually, smell like this world. You know, what other problems could you see? Having a dead man tied to you. Anyone? Abby, I see you kind of smiling. What, do you think of anything? What, if you had a dead lady tied to you, face to face, makes you smell, slows you down, hinders you, what else? Makes you unattractive. I mean, how many of y'all like want to go have coffee with somebody who's got a dead person tied to them? <laughs> you, you lose a lot of social, you know, but in that, what else? Oh, bathing. How are you going to bathe? How are you? It's awful hard. And, and that's huge. How do we bathe spiritually? How do we bathe spiritually? When you sin, what do you do? You repent. You say, God, I am sorry. I don't. And you're already forgiven. God, I'm sorry. I don't want to do this anymore. God, I don't want this happening in my life. But what happens when you got that dead man on you and you're pretty sure it's going to happen again? When you're pretty sure, how many of y'all ever got sick of asking for forgiveness for the same thing over and over again? You know why you do that, Brandon? Because you don't believe your dead man's dead. It's the same reason I do it. We have to have faith to understand the dead man's dead. And we don't have to do it again. But when we succumb to the lie of the devil and we have that dead man tied to us, which means we're not believing that the dead man's dead yeah, then we don't believe it's even worth talking to God sometimes. We don't even believe it's worth asking for forgiveness. It's not even worth trying anymore because I'm just going to keep walking around with this dead man doing dead man things. Anybody been there spiritually? Thank you for admitting that. Because you're, you know what? That is where we're at. You want to get rid of that? Anything that's causing you to feel like doing anything that God doesn't want you to have, it's the dead man. I don't care what all these self-help, even Christian books write. It's not what the Word of God says. We don't live by feelings. We live by faith. The dead man's dead. And we don't have to follow him anymore. And I'm sure you can think of more, uh, you know, more things. Maybe, maybe go home and you all make some big sock puppet dead man and tie it to each other and walk around a day. And you come back and tell me what it's like. I bet it would give you some revelation because we carry this dead man around. Oh, I'm saved by the blood. I'm going to heaven. But we're having an awful hard time with deliverance and sanctification, aren't we? Because we're not believing what God says. He saved us. First, I thank God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. Now, look at this. How is their faith being proclaimed? They live in Rome. So how is their faith being proclaimed in all the world, y'all? If they live in Rome, how are they proclaiming their faith to all the world? Help me out. What's that? Uh, yeah, who's coming to Rome? Everybody's coming to Rome. Hey, look here, man. Y'all didn't even put the wood seats out, did you? No. And we have extra seats here. Why is that? Who's missing here, y'all? Begins with snow and ends with birds. I'm just saying, who's missing here? And, and they're not all missing, too. They got Florida license plates, and they're still driving around. And but our snowbirds that we love dearly, they're gone. But where did they go? Where did they go? 
What state did they all go to? All over the place. They went everywhere. And you know what? Here's the demographic of this church. This is cool because you know what was happening here? They had to exercise faith. They were exercising faith. They, they were not living according to their feelings. They were, they were not living according to their anger or their sorrow or their whatever. They were living according to God's word in this, and they were being faithful. And Paul says, man, I'm thanking God for that because there's people coming from all over the world that are watching you. They're learning about faith from you. Oh, they know about church. They know about other situations, but they're learning about faith, true faith from you. Wouldn't it be awesome, y'all, if we had everybody from the whole world coming to a state like Florida? Wouldn't it be awesome if they all came to Fort Pierce, Chuck, and they all came to, they all came to the Treasure Coast Beach, y'all, if they all packed your condo 24-7? Gavin's like, yeah, we're renting stuff out. It'd be cool to have full occupancy, but... Wouldn't it be awesome if your neighborhood, there's there any room between your house and the other house, Tom? I bet there is. I bet if you brought some Haitians in, they could make some houses in the littlest place. And I'm not being like racist or nothing. If you've ever been to Haiti, you understand. A Haitian, you build a house, and they're going to build more houses all around it. This thing will be very big. Dude, there's more room. Would it not be awesome if God bought, brought a whole boatload of Haitians to build shacks? shanties all around this extra space. You wouldn't have to mow your yard anymore. You like mowing your yard? Are you having to do that now? No, he still does it or you'll hire somebody. Wouldn't you look at all the money you'd save? Would it not be awesome if he packed our schools, if he packed our roads, if he packed our community with people from all over the world? Would that be awesome, Matthew? Would that? I didn't ask that. I said, would that be awesome? I already know he's doing it. I started this whole thing off ranting and complaining about one dude who used to, he's probably a transplant now because he drove like a snowbird, but I'm just saying, I started my whole rant on that. And you know what? I grew up in Orlando, y'all. I grew up in Orlando when they were filming Tarzan movies between Orlando and Ocala. I could literally climb an ear tree. Anybody know what an ear tree is? Anybody remember ear trees? No, dude, they had little ears. You could chunk them, dude, and hit people. Really awesome. But we could climb these ear trees. We on, swung on vines, literally like Tarzan, swung on vines. We played in the woods. We, played, we had lakes we could swim in forever, and the gators left. They fleed because they were afraid of you because they, really, they weren't as comfortable with people. Moccasins would chase you. Man, oranges, you get hungry as a kid, you just go grab, what do you want? You want navels? You want tangerines? Remember Chuck? Man, you could grab any kind of tangerines all you want, eat them for free, playing in the lakes, growing up. Man, now in Orlando, it's concrete over concrete over concrete, and those lakes are retention ponds. The one, the very one I grew up on is a retention pond with a neighborhood around it. Oh, it could make me so mad if. I lived in the old man, and I watched in Orlando as it all happened, and I'm pastoring, and I'm at a big church in Orlando, and I watched people get upset over it, upset over it, upset over it, and we had to learn to see it with a kingdom mentality. One day, I'm going to stand before God, and he's going to say, what are you going to do with all those snowbirds that I'm bringing from all over the world to you? 
Well, I'm going to teach them how to drive, dadgummit. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to give them what for. I'm going to make sure that they don't encringe on my space. You know, what is God going to say? Well done, good and faithful servant to y'all. I'm going to show them what real faith looks like. That's what happened kind of here. Man, when we first came together, we had a guy showing us some demographics, one of my friends. We thought we were going to plant a church and we were going to minister to surfers. Oh, surfers. And we should have known better. It's like having a surf shop and you're going to sell boards to surfers. Surfers don't have any money. But anyways, it was like, <laughs> and they don't have jobs, only jobs that you have to work when there's no waves. If there's waves, you can get off. Anyways, whole nother story. But we thought we were going to miss surf. He comes like, my buddy, like we had just the two, two or three families in, in Fernando and Tina's house. That was way over in Port St. Lucie. And he looks at us and he starts shaking his head laughing. He said, right here, you ain't ministering to surfers. You're ministering to snowbirds. <laughs> and every one of us, our heart dropped. At that point, it dropped. And this sweet little lady with her little Texas voice, I can still hear her. She's not here anymore. And I would never tell you who it is, but her sweet little Texas voice, I still remember because God broke my heart with that. She said, you mean, Pastor, God's going to expect us to love the people we hate every year? And I was just like broken hearted. I said, yeah, I think he is. And I couldn't refute it because I probably cussed a few of them out driving into Port St. Lucie, which is little New York. But I'm just saying, I just... Literally, I, one time I was in Port St. Lucie, and I had to call Ashley and say, Ashley, say something Southern to me. Quick, hurry. <laughs> she said, sweet tea. I said, okay, I'm good. All right, woo. <laughs> the rash is going away now. But literally, you mean God's, gonna, God's calling us to love the people we hate every year? And I said, yeah. And that was my Sunday school answer. And then I started crying, and he broke my heart. And I said, God, you got to give me the ability to love the people yeah, I hate every year. I, I, I had no real reason to hate them other than that they got in my way. They cramped my lifestyle. They changed everything about the very place I love more than anything, which is Florida. I'm a cracker, man. <laughs> I, I, I love Florida. That's why y'all move here is because y'all love Florida. And then you come and change it. But it doesn't matter about all of that. What matters is that God's bringing y'all here. And as my son says, well, Dad, you wouldn't have a church if it weren't for snowbirds. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he, as he lives in Alabama. I think about every one of y'all, where most all y'all have come from, man. I wouldn't know any of y'all. I can tell you where most of y'all are from. Y'all wouldn't have any of y'all. And, and so what God had to do that day is I had to say, God, give me the ability to love the people that I hate. I, I, it's hard to say. I hate it just because they got in my way. They changed my life and all this. And God said, you know why I'm bringing them here, right? And you know why I put you here? <laughs> I put you here so that when you stand before me one day and I say, what did you do with all those snowbirds I brought, all those millions upon millions of people I brought into Florida, you can tell me you loved them with everything you had. And I can say, well done, good and faithful servant. I said, God, you're going to have to make that happen. And God did. You can ask any of our snowbirds, you ask any of y'all that have moved here, whatever. I love you guys. I love you. I don't care how often I see you. B-Mobile, if I haven't seen you in a month, sir, I love you when I see you, Roger. And you came from New York, dude, New Jersey, dude. It don't get any worse than that. I'm just saying. <laughs> they call that the armpit, right? Don't they? Isn't that what they call it? Yeah, don't even get Gavin started on the Northeast, all right? Because he's a, 
he's a very prejudiced old cowboy from San Diego, from California, which they think they're that much different, but I'm just saying. Now, <laughs> but again, God's bringing. That's what he did here in Rome. He brought everybody in the world to Rome, and these guys were getting persecuted for actually living out their faith. And he said, man, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. You guys have a humongous footprint. It doesn't matter how big your church, your big church building. What matters is all the people I'm bringing from all over the world here, and they get to see real faith in your life. So is that what your neighbors are seeing from you? Is that what they're hearing, you know, from us? As, and we do make fun of snowbirds. We talk about stuff, but they know I love them. And if you ever think they don't, you let me know, and I'll, I'll, I'll work on that even more. But I do. I miss the snowbirds that we have here. Man, Captain Matt called me the other day. He's like, hey, man, I really miss you guys. And I'm like, you miss us or the weather? He said, well, a, a little of both. But he said, I miss you guys. They miss the vibe that you guys bring on a weekly basis of love and acceptance. Because just like in Rome, we all came from somewhere. There ain't no native Floridians, y'all. Let me ask you a question. What's the native lizard right now in Florida? What's the native lizard in Florida right now? Anybody want to tell me? Is that African? You, I asked you the other day, you told me exactly. It's that African agama with the orange head and the blue body and the white tail. That's the native lizard. How long has that been the native lizard in Florida? Yeah, just a couple years. Why is it the native now? Because it came in and dominated all the previous natives. And that one came in and dominated all the previous natives. And the previous natives, just like everybody's done. So the native critter is the one that's at the top of the food chain, who's got the most money, the most power, the most... And so all of that, if you think you're the top one, it doesn't even matter. Because you're not here for that. You're here for Christ. God has given us a humongous footprint. I had to learn that in Orlando. I had to relearn it here. I was even thinking about surfing. Why don't I even go out there? Because it's so crowded. And God's like, dude, you not realize I'm bringing all that? You might not even have to catch a wave. Just talk to people. <laughs> Maybe you talk to people, they'll leave you, and you'll have it all to yourself. I don't know. But <laughs> the bottom line is that's, that's why he's bringing everybody here from all over the world. We have an opportunity to have a humongous footprint. And sometimes I think we don't look at that as a good thing. So he says, man, you're making an impact over the entire world with your faith. Because everybody from the whole world is either living here, coming here, visiting here, journeying here, whatever. Everybody's coming through Rome. <laughs> Does that sound like Florida or what? Does that even sound like the Treasure Coast or what? They're getting ready to mess up your little neighborhood, right? Oh, man, everybody, you know. Who's allowing them to mess up your neighborhood? God is. Don't take so long to learn the lesson like me. And, and call me on it when you hear me having to need that, know that lesson again. We'll call each other. We'll help each other in that. But understand, God's giving us a humongous footprint. Y'all got some big feet. Big feet should leave what, Ben? If you got a big foot, you should leave a big what? Footprint. That's what we're leaving. But it's not a footprint in economics. It's a footprint in spirituality. It's a footprint in spirituality. So he says, for God is my witness, 
whom I serve with my spirit, meaning I'd like to go wherever, do whatever I want, but you know what? I only do in my spirit, I only do what I feel God wants me to do. He said, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son. That's my whole purpose is the good news of his son. The fact is, is that, is that, that, that a dead man can't get into heaven. A dead man can't experience heaven. And you come into this world as a dead man. So you have, if, you were, if you, you're dead spiritually, what has to happen for you to have a spiritual life? You have to be what? Born again. So everybody comes to this world, they're dead. And he says, so my whole purpose is when God made me alive is now to tell other people how to be alive because they're not going to get in being dead. So no matter where he sends me, who he brings, that's my purpose. And anything getting in the way of that is my old man who is dead. And the old man who's dead, I don't have to listen to. He can't control me unless I choose to let him control me. It takes faith, and it takes great faith to not be controlled by that old man. That's why we've got to be living in this word, and we've got to be implementing the word, and we've got to be encouraging each other in this word. So for God is my witness whom I serve my spirit in the gospel, the good news of his son, that without ceasing, look at this, what's that that last word? Without ceasing, I what? I mention you. You know what Paul's doing as he's in Corinth and he's sharing the gospel? He's saying, dude, I know some people down in Port St. Lucie, this girl named Lucinda, man, she speaks usually at all. Man, we give people an opportunity at the beginning of service to share what God's doing. She usually tells us, oh, man, pretty all. And, and, and Karen and, 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 and MJ, man, you know what God's doing in MJ's life? So the things that you're sharing Paul's saying, I'm taking those of what I'm hearing is going on in Rome. I'm taking that and I'm sharing it wherever I'm at. Would you imagine your footprint is that big, MJ? What you shared today, a a year later, of of killing the old man and saying, you know what, God, I'm walking in your spirit. I'm not saying the old man don't rear his ugly head, but he tried to rear his head. And I just walked in, man, and I'm living in victory from the new man. You know who heard that today? On here... Is, what does WWW stand for? Yeah, not WWF, but no, <laughs> yeah, World, uh, World Wide Web. Do you know people years from now, if it doesn't get taken off, can go back and hear the recording and your footprint is huge. It's God's footprint that he's put in you. And that's what he's trying to get you to see. Don't be fretting over all the other junk in life. You've got a huge footprint. And if you feel like you got a raw deal right now in life, if you feel like, man, this isn't, you know what? God gave you that. And he gave it to you to have a bigger footprint, not to have a bigger pity party. Your faith. Oh, I have faith, but then you're walking like around with a dead man attached to you? No, you don't. Your faith has to grow. I don't care what your feelings are. Your faith has to grow. And that's what the Apostle Paul is saying. Man, for God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son. Paul felt like going to Rome. Paul felt like doing all kinds of things. But he only did what God wanted him to do because he knew his old man was dead. And anything he tried to do aside from what God wanted him to do was dead. It was wrong. It was sin. It wasn't justified. It was sin. And if he just did what God wanted him to do, he could be busy enough. But he says, man, without ceasing, I mention you. Dude, there's this couple, Kurt and Claudia. I'm not going to.
very complimentary, but hey, don't give up on us, man. I, I, love your, I love when you say, I wouldn't give up on you. Dude, man, I ain't giving up on, I, I ain't giving up on nobody, dude. If you got an interest in the gospel, in living according to God's word, man, oh my goodness, that's, that's a, what a blessing. That's like throwing a bone down for a dog, man. I'm a preacher. <laughs> it's like somebody wanting to grow, somebody wanting, man, it's like your testimonies. Chuck, peace. Abby, just look at your face. Hey, y'all look at Abby's face right there. Look at that. Abby, can you stand up? Just stand up and show them your face, man. Look at that. Look at that face. Y'all give, you know, that is the face not of an angel. That's the face of God because God's given her peace, man. In spite of Marley right there. And now Marley's a good kid. He's an anointed kid. But, but dude, your testimony. Matthew telling me, man, I'm, I'm growing more now than I've ever grown in the, last co- in the last couple years implementing God's Word. And He's helping me grow. Uh, tiny. Is, you know, I, I could go on all and I, I probably would end up betraying God. But I, your testimonies are an encouragement. I share your testimonies if I have the ability to. You know, Skylar talking to him yesterday and stuff. It's like, well, you know, a year ago, church was church, man. That's pretty much where both of those guys were. Church was church. We went. We had a drug problem. We got drugged to church with our parents. It was like, <laughs> that's, that, that, we'll just, but it, it, it's like, yeah, you know what? It was just a formality. But y'all are living for God now, right? Not perfect. Skylar is 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 tiny perfect not even close right is he perfect no yeah but you're living for God and and that stuff man as I'm walking through this world I'm sharing with others what God's doing in y'all and that's what we should be doing that's what Paul's saying y'all got a big footprint man go make some you got a big foot go make some big footprints in faith. Don't let this world, don't let that dead man suck you down, drag you down, get you distracted. Everything in life is ordained by God. Ralph out there killing it on the pickleball court, man. He killed me. I can't move laterally like that. I want to go watch you one day, bro. You got videos, YouTube channel. He's a killer pickleball player, man. It's like, but I'm just saying, dude, what God's doing in your life, that's a big footprint. And, and, and Paul's saying, I'm telling everybody wherever I go about you Romans, because you're living by faith. That's what I want to surround myself with. I'll surround myself with anybody, but I want to be around people who are living by faith. Man, Stephen and Lori, I, I, I'm just saying because it came up the other day, some dude from FCA. Uh, who's the dude? He does all, what was the guy you were meeting with? Jordan, you know Jordan, he's like, yeah, yeah, I know those guys, they do lacrosse, whatever, but I'm kind of, you know what, your name has come up in my life like probably three or four times in the last couple of weeks, so I got to call you. I'm like, well, where'd it come up last? Said, oh, yeah, Stephen and Lori. I'm like, oh, dude, God's working in their life like he's never worked. And so you understand when God's working in your life and, 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 and you're sharing it with others, Man, that is an encouragement because some people would go, oh, dang, if he could work in Stephen's life, he'd probably do something in mine. (laughs) Or, wow, that's awesome. It's an encouragement. And when you hear that he's working in people's lives, then guess what? You know that he can still work in yours, even though you might not be feeling it because you're listening to the old man that is dead. The testimony, 
where you were, where you are, where you're going, man. And we're not always on the top of our game. That's why when you got it, you got to be sharing. you got to be living by faith. It's an encouragement. So, for God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing I mention to others what God's doing in your name. When Gary threw back that one snook that he could have probably easily kept in his other days, but he threw it back because it was illegal, man. You did throw it back, right? No. <laughs> FWC is watching right now. No. So you can lie in church right now. No, I'm not saying. No, there's things. Gary, that's what we talked about last week when his, his mom just got her home from the hospital a, a few weeks back and, his, and three inches of rain, four inches, whatever, blew all in his house. Dude, what would have happened before Christ? Yes, you would have been visited by law enforcement. <laughs> Something would have happened, but there's peace. That's what I asked Chuck last week. Look at that face. You look at his face right there, all right? Last week, that's what I was like. Chuck, what would have happened before? Eric, what would have happened before if there was even an inkling that somebody took all five of Chuck's lug nuts off and down the road with precious cargo, people he loves, the wheel flew off? What would have happened? Yeah. In fact, there would have been a posse out, the entire surf community, all up and down the East Coast, West Coast of Florida, and the United States would have would have come to the Calvary rescue, and they would have tracked the dude down, and if they couldn't find somebody, they would accuse somebody, and they would have strung him up, filleted him, and brought the fillet to Chuck's house. Right? But you know what happened? We went and ate some Chinese last week. <laughs> and we had a good lunch. And had a great time with my brother and with the tow truck driver. And God worked it all the next day and we're still talking about it. That's what he's talking about. Everything comes in your life. It's a testimony. It's, it's something to encourage the other believers. But we got to put off the old dead man. He's dead. Don't let him call the shots. Every time... You start finding yourself being controlled by a dead man. Imagine yourself being strapped face to face and start thinking of all the problems and realize that's not how God called you to live this life. Allow him to cut it off and you go walk freely without smell, right, Julia? <laughs> without, with, without losing any agility or flexibility. Without losing any social you know you you're now with the people who are all walking with christ how many y'all want to walk around with somebody who's got a dead man attached to him no but sometimes my wife's married to one and she ain't got no choice <laughs> i gotta kill that dead man i don't have to kill him he's already killed i have to just believe he's killed god's my witness man man I, without ceasing i mention you all the time of what god's doing in your life and it's not you getting the glory. He already said, man, I thank God for what's going on because if Dean's doing something good, it's who? It's God. So let's encourage each other to take our big feet and leave some big footprints. Look at this next part. Always in my prayers. All right, Karen, always in my prayers. So what's he doing? Always praying. It doesn't mean you got to stop doing what you're doing. You bake while you pray. But you can pray doing whatever. If you're doing it while you're driving, which I suggest you do, but I also suggest don't close your eyes or fold your hands. All right? You can pray in the, nine, the 2 and 10 o'clock position or whatever it is. You know? He said, man, in my, always in my prayers, asking that somehow by God's will. 
In other words, he wants to do something somehow by God's will, but I'm not doing it unless it's whose will? Yeah, he's got desires, but if the desires aren't lined up with what God wants him to do, guess what? It's the old man trying to lure him away from what God does want him to do, and he's not listening. He says, always in my prayers, asking that somehow, by God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming to you. He wants to go. Have you ever wanted to go somewhere so bad and, and, and nothing was going to stop you from going? Nothing was going to stop And sometimes I've asked people even, what if God wanted to stop you? What would God have to do to stop you from going? And sometimes the answer would be nothing because I'm so headstrong and I'm set on going. I'm doing it. I'm not talking about going somewhere. I'm talking about just going 7-Eleven maybe. I don't know, getting a grilled Cuban and hot fries. I don't know. But, I'm just, well, but Paul says here, I'm not going unless God wants me to go. I don't care how great a desire I have to go do something is. I'm not doing it unless God wants me to do. Because you know what? Whatever you do, wherever you go, whatever you spend, whatever, whatever you do, one day you're going to give account to who? For what you did. Hey, what'd you do with that money? I get, oh, we did. Did you ask me about it? No. I'm just saying, that's where Paul was. Paul was headstrong, singled out on the gospel, and he didn't make any plans unless God, the Holy Spirit, stamped them. So what do we ask God about? You mean, I got to ask God about that and about that? You don't have to. But if you want to be where God wants you to be, there it is. Julie, where, why are you still here? God hasn't moved you yet. And so, you know what? I, I even look at that because you're like, well, it's been a year and he hasn't done anything yet. Yeah, he's doing it right now. He's keeping you here. There, there'd be nobody sitting next to Matthew if you weren't here. There'd be a lot of things missing. Ethan, uh, there would be so many things missing if you weren't here. This is where God has you right now. And so, you know, even if you only know it's a seasonal or temporary thing, you don't know that, by the way, do you? You don't know. You have desires and you know things, but what you do know is you know where you're at right now. And you know one day you're going to give an account to God about where you're at right now and what you're doing right now. Man, how many of y'all, y'all, are y'all graduated yet? Graduated? Oh, good, you graduated. How many of y'all said, oh, I can't wait till I graduate, man? Then everything, and now here you are graduated, you're like, well, <laughs> now what? <laughs> it's like, well, we're here with Dean, <laughs> now what? What am I going to do with my life when I grow up? What are you going to be when you grow up, bro? I'm just, you know, that's, that's kind of, some of us are still asking that question. Some are still waiting for us to grow up, actually. But, but in that, Paul was like, I'm not doing anything. I have desires. I have desires, and it's okay to have desires, but you know what? I'm not going to let those desires for what I want in the future get in the way of me doing what he wants me doing right now. I want to do today so well that when I give him an account of today, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. But if it's always in the future, if you're always looking forward to the next step, the next step, you miss what he's got right there. And chances are, if you take every step God wants you to take, where will you end up? Julie, if you take every step God wants you to take, where are you going to end up? Where God wants you. But what if, and I'm not saying this is you by any means. In fact, I'm encouraged. I tell people about your faith because, well, I did because that, that lady called me and, and you wanted me to give a reference for you. So I just told the truth. <laughs> I always tell the truth, but it was glowing. But because I'm proud of you, your faith, your faith is everything. And, and, and so, but if it's like, well, I'm here, so I'm just going to be whatever here, you know, 
here's what I'm doing. But when I get over here, everything's going to be a No. What if you are just around here doing circles, picking your nose right now? Are you going to end up taking, do you think you're going to end up where God wants you to end up? If you're not making the most of right now? No. Right now, this is where God's got you. You're like, man, all right. <laughs> When's he going to be done and I can go eat lunch? No, right now. Listen, I'm just telling you what God's telling me to tell you. You're going to be responsible for applying it and, and doing what God wants you to do. So always in my prayers asking that somehow by God's will, I may now at last succeed and come into you. I want to come see you guys. But for I long to see you. And this is why Paul wanted to go. Not so I could be a sightseer. I want to go be a soul winner. That should be the purpose of you going where you go. You go anywhere, you're not a sightseer, you're a soul winner. You're helping, you're seeing soul conscious and you're helping people see life from God's perspective. So he says, for I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift, a gift that God's given me to give you so you can help, so you can see life from his perspective. And the spiritual gift is going to do what to you? Look at that. I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to do what? Strengthen you. That's the purpose of, 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 of encouragement, of strengthening. In fact, look what he uses in the next word. That is that we may be mutually, what's the next word? Encouraged by each other's what? By each other's outfits. Oh, my Chuck, that looks, that's a stunning color on you today. You know, oh, you know, Claudia? If you ever like outgrow that, I'll, I'll put it. No, I'm just saying. Yeah. What, what are we to encourage it? What are we to be impressed? What are we, look what he says. Encouraged by each other's what? What's the encouraging thing? What is the greatest thing we can use to encourage someone else? Our faith. Exactly. Because what does encourage mean? Encourage means to put what into somebody. Courage. So if I were to go ahead, Ian again, I would say, Ian, it's going to be all right. Ian, everything's going to work out. Not that you got anything wrong or anything, but I was just say, dude, man, everything. You know, I just tell you all kinds of promises. Then what has to be true for you to experience those promises? Who has to fulfill those promises? Me. Yeah. You really want promises from me? Dude, I can ask my wife, dude. It's not like I'm gonna mess it up on purpose. I just got the I'm like Dory sometimes, dude. I just can't even remember. I'm down to the next thing. I'm kind of ADD if y'all ain't figured that one out yet, but but I'm OCD ADD. But anyways, but but in that, if if I'm trying to give you courage by giving you promises, then the only way you're gonna have courage is if I come through on my promises. What's the likelihood of that? That's like your brother coming through, right? He ever let you down? He ever let you down, bro? Yeah, yeah. So would you want promises from him or God? Yeah, because God's going to keep them. So the only way we can put courage in somebody is share with them promises from God, God's word. Because who's going to keep that promise to them? Brad, who's going to keep that promise? Julia, I'm just going to tell you, if a guy tells you they're going to fix something in the house, you don't have to bug us every six months to get it done <laughs> for a number of years. We're going to get to it eventually. <laughs> I know that's not bright. That's just me. But, but yeah, that's us trying to fulfill. But God, man, God in his time, in the perfect time, that's how we encourage each other is by sharing God's promises. 
Because that's where our faith comes from. And it's not a matter of if, it's when. It's, it's how we kill the old man by knowing what the new man is capable of, by knowing what God says to do. If God says to do it, we do it, regardless of the mountain of circumstances in front of us. Check this out. Oh, Tom, you got to catch this, but don't drop it. All right, because you drop this, man. Here we go, Kurt. Oh, I, I didn't know you were that. Now he's going to sue me because he just hurt his back. No, I'm just messing with you. He's like, oh, no. But uh, y'all, hold that up real quick. Hold that up. So in this thing, what I, I have, I've used it before. In fact, the very first service we ever had in here, I had a bunch of bottles for people. But what I did is that I took some oil. It's mineral oil, which resembles or represents our flesh. Go ahead and hold that up, Kurt. It represents our flesh. And it's just oil. Everybody's full of oil. You're just an oily, greasy person. That's all you are, man, no matter what. And, and then it can't get into heaven. You need the blood of Christ to come in you to give you, make you born again to be able to get to heaven. So I threw some water in there with food coloring, all right? But what happens between the oil and the water? It separates, okay? So when you first give your life to Christ, shake it up, y'all. Y'all shake those up real good. Shake it up. Oh, my goodness. Look how beautiful that is. I mean, I bet I could get one of these kids downstairs to drink that, not even letting them know what it is. You think Keone drink it? He would think it's fruit punch. Yeah, shake it up, man. Look how beautiful that is. Shake it up. Now, let me ask you a question. What, has to, what do you have to keep doing to that in order to keep it like that? You got to keep shaking it up. Hey, your wife's a pretty spiritual person, right? Does she ever need to be shaken up spiritually? Encouraged? That is. That's what encouragement is. is shaking each other up, encouraging each other to do good works. And, and, and what if in our marriages? What if in our businesses? What if, what if in our friendships? What if that's what we did when we played disc golf, Gavin? You know, what if, what if we just shook each other up spiritually by encouraging each other with, with the gifts that we get from God, the, ver, the Scripture? Because, hey, what's happening to that already? Oh, just hold it up. Don't shake it. Look what's happening to that already. Dude, it's already starting to separate. It still looks sort of, but if you let that sit, guess what? That top color is just going to turn white. And it's going to have a few little bubbles in it. And you know what? If somebody found that on the street, they would probably think it's plasma. I'm just saying, it's not very attractive. It has to keep being shaken up in order for it to be attractive. That's what we're supposed to be. That we got to shake each other up, all right? Y'all can have that. That's my gift to you, bro. <laughs> and you can throw it away if you want, but... Or you can keep that in your truck, Kurt, and, 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 and call your wife and say, hey, uh, I could use some encouragement right now. But that's what he says. Look at this, that this... That, he said, that is that we may be mutually, and he wants to visit with them so they can be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. So Matthew, how do we encourage each other? By our what? Yeah, is it my job to always encourage you? By sharing with you what God's doing in my life? Well, I do that, but it's mutual. Your job is to be on fire so you can share with me what God's doing in your life. And same thing back, in fact, you sent me a text a couple weeks ago, Julius, I'm like, hey, I just want you to know I'm praying for you, that God give you strength, do everything that, that you need to do. That's encouragement. We need encouragement. Any of y'all need encouragement? You do, because the Word of God says you do. You need to be shaken up in that. So that's what he says, that by each other's, but what encourages us is not, wow, your hair looks good like that. Or, wow, did you lose some weight? Wow. You're, no, what it is, it's our faith, both yours and mine. We're almost done here. Check this out. 
So he says, be assured, I am leaving big footprints as I make my way to you. I'm going to just bust through this. I do not want you to be unaware. In other words, I keep saying I'm coming. I keep saying I'm coming. I want to come. I want to come. But there's no way God just won't let me at this point. He says, I don't want you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far it's been prevented. So just because you want to do something doesn't mean you're going to do it. It, it, You have to submit to God. That's what faith is. So he says, but thus far I've been prevented by God in order that I may reap some harvest among you as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. So wherever God's got me, I'm preaching to the Gentiles and I'm reaping a harvest. They're coming to Christ and they're having faith. And he says, I am under obligation both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and the foolish. So the Greeks and barbarians. You know what? In that culture, Greeks thought they were it. They were all there was. Barbarians was anybody who wasn't a Greek. So how many of y'all are Greek? Anybody Greek? Y'all are a bunch of barbarians. That's what they, they thought anybody who wasn't a barbarian, they're not sophisticated. They're one of those low-life, redneck, whatever, you know. They're just that, That's barbarian. Anybody who's not Greek in that. That's kind of where that come from there. He said, guess what? The gospel's for... Hey, Roger, who's the gospel for? Everybody. everybody. You mean even barbarians? Eat from New Jersey? Are you a New Jersey barbarian? You used to be. That's the dead man. <laughs> but yeah, no. And, and again, God uses people from everywhere of every socioeconomic class, every kind of culture, every, because that, he wants everybody reached, right? And he uses you. Is there any other Roger out there like you? No, dude, you're weird. You're unique. I mean, how about, how about Tom? Is there any other Tom Kalinske? No, dude, you're weird. Rena, you are the weirdest of all of them. And next to Karen, Karen yeah, I, how many of y'all are weird, indifferent, nobody's like you? Yeah, Ben's back there like, woohoo! Yeah, that's, you're just proving my point, bro. That's, uh, that's why God brought you here. The gospel works on everyone, and he wants all of us as unique, as weird people, to reach all the other weird people. How many of y'all work with weird people? How many of y'all live by weird people? How many of y'all live with weird people? <laughs> uh, uh, we got, yeah, so the gospel works, and that's our centerpiece is Christ. And Paul said, no matter where I'm at, that's what I'm doing. He said, man, I want to come to you, but I got too many weird people around me right now that need the gospel, and I'm making my way to you, but as I'm making my way, I'm leaving big footprints. You leave big footprints. That way I still got something to talk to wherever we're at leaving big faith prints with our big faith. I'm under obligation to both Greeks and barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. How many of y'all, how many of y'all are going to encounter some foolish people tomorrow at work? <laughs> Kurt, uh, Kurt goes, <laughs> yeah, you can see the first one in the mirror maybe, but I'm just, no, I'm just, that's where I'm going to see the first one. And foolish means you're not seeing life from God's perspective. So whenever I'm not seeing life from God's perspective, yeah, I'm going to see that, and I need to be encouraged with the Word of God to live for that new, live as the new man that I am. I'm under obligation. Paul says, man, why? He's, in, in some versions, it says, I'm in debt. I'm a debtor. So there's a couple of ways. You can be a debt like, oh, man, I owe Tom 100 bucks. I'm in debt. I owe Tom 100 bucks. And that's why people might look at it, oh, I owe God because of my salvation. I owe him. Or it could be Tom gave me a hundred bucks and said, now I want you to go give that hundred bucks away. That's what he means by in debt. God gave us a hundred bucks and wants us to go give it away, but it's only worth more than a hundred bucks. It's salvation. 
God gave us salvation. He wants us to give it away. That's the debt we're under. He gave this to us, and now He wants us to give it to others freely. That's the debt we're under. That's what He's talking about. You don't owe God. Man, it's He wants you. You owe Him in the respect He wants you to give that to others. Greeks, barbarians, wise, foolish, doesn't matter. So He said, I'm eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. God gave you some big feet, so leave some big what, Ben? footprints man you got big faith don't man the world keeps wanting to put shoes on shoes are of the devil y'all i'm just saying he wants your footprints your faith prints anytime you feel anything you have that mountain of circumstances in front of you that mountain of feelings that uh, the mountain of lies that situation in front of you and if god says go walk through that mountain who's right God's right. You, your feelings are lies. You're like, no, they're real. No, that's your old man. And your old man is what? What is your old man? Dead. Dead. D-E-A-D. He only comes to life when you keep resuscitating him. He's dead. Blow off anything that and you walk by faith. What does God say to do? God says, walk through that mountain. You're like, God, I don't think it's going to work. Oh, you don't believe me? You're believing that when you die, I'm going to raise you from the dead, aren't you? You're not going to believe me that I'm going to have you walk through that mountain? Believe me! And we believe God and we do what He wants. That's how we kill. The old man's already killed, but that's how we walk in that new person who we are. So, God gave you some big feet to leave some big footprints. Don't just make an impression. Chuck, we're supposed to make a what? Make an impact, dude. There's some fresh poured concrete. How many of y'all would love to do that just in your mischievous little spiteful self? How many of y'all, if somebody prints some concrete and the guy left, how many of y'all like to just even carve your initials? How many like to put something in there just so you can go back years later and say, ha ha, look at that. Look at that. Guess what? The people God wants you to make an impact in their lives with your faith. Those people that he wants you to make that impact with now. You know what? Many years later, they may testify to the fact that that was an impact in their life. And it's glory to God in that. Make an impact now. Impacts last. Don't just walk through this life making impressions. Just surviving, getting by. You're way more important than that. JT, you got some feet footprints to leave behind? Yeah, and you, you ain't got much time left to do it, do you? I I ain't talking because you're 70-something. Oh, he, wasn't, he looks like a spry 50-something, man. I'm just saying. I, I, I'm just, I ain't talking about your age. I'm just talking about the fact Jesus could come back at any time right now. We don't know how much time we got. Make an impact now with your faith. Well, none of us know how much longer we got on this. So don't just make an impression with them. Make an impact. But don't forget to encourage others to do the same. That's what our life's about. Hold, hold up those things one more time. Uh, and don't shake it. Show everybody what it looked like. Look at that, y'all. It's, it's oil and water. But guess what? How long has that been sitting there? About 10 minutes. It's plasma, Kathy. I gave blood, and I just wanted to use that as a little straight. No, I'm messing with you. It, but how, how long has that been sitting there? About 10 minutes? Five minutes? So how often do we need to be encouraged by others? Spiritually all the time when you decide to open your mouth man encourage them with god's word shake it up one more time y'all 
Shake it up. This is what happens. This is what happens. This is what happens. Show them now. Look at that. That's what happens when we shake each other up and encourage each other with God's word. But we got to do it often. Let's bow for prayer. Father, thank you for loving us. Father, thank you for giving us your word. Father, help for even just helping me see that faith is like a giant foot. <laughs> and that you want us to take those giant feet and make big footprints. And when we make those big footprints, for you, it's going to make an impact. And we're not going to waste our life by just walking around making some kind of impression on this person or that person or the other person. Impressions go away. Impacts last forever. I pray, Father, that with every footprint we have the opportunity to make, by exercising our faith, Father, I pray that you would, um, <laughs> sorry, man, I just got like OCD here, <laughs> ADD or something, but Father, uh, again, I know y'all are trying to be like, you know, who did that? Oh, oh, there we go. Okay, that's good, man. All right, let's start this whole prayer over again. I'm sorry, I got I to pick this mental wedgie here, so sorry. <laughs> let's pray. Father, again, y'all got to warn me when y'all got to do something like that, you know, <laughs> Father, thank you for even that. <laughs> Father, I'm so grateful you're our God and you love us. And I'm grateful for the, everything that comes in our life is by your design to make us more like you and uh, for you to have glory in all of that. So, Father, um, I just pray that every situation we face today, we would see it as an opportunity to take our giant faith that we have because of the new man and we can make a big giant footprint and it would be a lasting thing an impact in someone's life instead of just walking around making impressions i pray if someone's not saved if someone doesn't know that uh they're going to heaven when they die that father you give them faith that they can't refuse to surrender everything they know about themselves everything they know about you and i pray for these things in jesus name and god's people drip with through up a shotgun said